after each service, we sometimes we have a discussion, and, and people like to chat. We call it Afterglow. We record it. Great. If you don't want to chat, that's okay too. I know we're small in numbers today. The air conditioning is as loud as me. But yeah. So, love. What's the deal? What's the deal? Oh, I'll look closer. Yes. That was a really good one, man. Well, thanks. That was a really, really... I think I needed to hear that, too. Yeah, I really liked it. And I wanted to ask you, I'm in a situation like that where I have a nephew who is has so many problems, I wouldn't even be able to list them all. And I just want to fix him, and I have to let go of that. So I wondered if you could say a little bit more about how you can love someone without... I don't want him to think I approve of everything he's doing, but that I have hope and confidence that he can be all right, you know? Well, I mean, for me, I was with people who I almost, in some ways, but people in my life that I was talking about earlier, I don't know if it was that they approved, but I knew that they had my well-being best intentions. Like, they would be like, hey, if you're going to be drinking, would you call me and let me know so I can come pick you up? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think in some ways people could see that as condoning. I was like, oh, great. I get a drive. You know what I mean? But it was just one of those things where people were, were showing me that they care. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, there were also people who showed me that they care by saying, I think there's an issue here. And I think you should check this group out that I've been going to, you know? So, but I knew people, they loved me. I knew they cared about me that way. And so I wasn't all condoning, you know? I mean, a lot of it was saying, you know, I think you have a problem. I think you need to seek out help. And, uh, but it was knowing that those I knew those people cared about me through the relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's not an easy. No, I think I think I get it because he's really concerned about whether people are talking about him to gossip and be dramatic and scandalous. And we want to make sure he knows that what you're saying we have his best interest at heart, and that's why we're interested, not not for any other reason. So. Well, you're, you're there. We know it's not easy to stay there, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. No, I do All too much. We're talking about this church... It's really made a difference in my life to have a space that I can come to where I can be myself and I know that Jay is honest about his vulnerabilities and Caleb and we talk about those things. And so um, 
you know, it talks in the Psalms about you've given marvelous comrades to me. And that's kind of stilted language for today. But um, I do, I feel that way about this church that I come here and there's are these beautiful people who, um, who I respect and who make themselves vulnerable. Um, it, so that I feel like I'm a human being again. And to me, that's what a church should be. Because God loves us for our humanity as we are. That's really nice to hear. That's that's really well put to you, I think, because it's, um, and it's really hard for me to to be vulnerable. I'm really proud. I'm just so freaking proud. And, uh, but seeing someone else do it and being like, oh, you know, I, I still respect them, or like, I respect them even more, you know, for making themselves vulnerable, and it's like, once you see someone else do it and come out on the other end, and it's like, oh, that wasn't a big deal, I bet that felt pretty good to do, and then, you, you know, try it out yourself. I'm proud, too, I mean, goodness gracious, last week, I mean, I, I changed my meds, and uh, I was just, head just feeling fuzzy. Because I was coming off certain meds, and man, I was—it's hard not to feel humiliated, especially because we had some visitors. And I just did not have my talk in me. It was just—I was just—that was so hard to do, to be transparent, to be honest. But I was like, practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like one of those things where it was like. This is what makes separates revolution. You know, this is what you know from what you didn't want it to be. You're, you want a church where you can be honest too, and be a part of it. Yeah, I get that pride. That it's tough. But that probably spoke volumes to those visitors that well, yeah. you were willing to do. I I just briefly talked to them afterwards, and they said that was the bravest thing they've ever seen any pastor do. And that, that made them want to come back again. Oh, I wanted to cry. <laughs> I wanted to be like, oh, I failed. I went home and was like... They were like blown, they were blown away by it, man. They were so impressed. Well, it's nice to hear. <laughs> I wondered about um, when, when you... I have an issue with if if I was to tell someone I'm a Christian, then I want to say not that kind yes. of Christian. Mm-hmm. And then I think, well, is that kind of prideful of me to try to separate myself, or do I just want them to know? Mm. No, I'm for everybody who's gay. It's okay to be gay in the church, you know. So I don't know if to say, oh, I'm a Christian liberal, and then they say, what's that, you know, or what? I always say I'm a very, I'm like I'm a Christian. A very liberal Christian, you know. Yeah, hands up in the air. I, yeah, I say that too. Because <laughs> you never know, what, you know, what peg of like, what, so what do you do for a living? Seriously. Uh, I mean, how do I explain what I do for a living? You know, I'm like, I'm a pastor of a very liberal church. We meet in the bowling alley. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. sentence. It's not like a a, a single word occupation. No. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, that's what Jesus did. He went to the 
we went to the places where the people were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that Jesus was like, I'm a Jew, not that kind of Jew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm a rabbi, but not that kind of rabbi. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what's the motivator when I, I don't know, because sometimes I, I think it depends on the person that I'm talking to, but a lot of times I do give the disclaimer, like, I'm an agnostic Christian, really. but then you got to explain, like, what that is, or like, I'm a progressive Christian, and you got to, like you're saying, you got to, like, what's that? Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes, here recently, I don't know, again, I don't, I'm really, I haven't examined it, I'm really not sure what my motivator is, but I just don't even bring it up unless someone asks me you know or something like that um, just because I figure once like if they get to know me initially and then find out that I'm a Christian or that I'm whatever I am I guess um, then they're going to be like oh well he's not like they'll know that I'm not you know the things I don't want them to think I am <laughs> and then be like oh well he goes to church or like he you know values the teachings of Jesus or something like that and like oh okay well and then I don't have to explain I don't know but maybe that's just me not wanting to have to go around explain I don't know what it is honestly but you know that's good that's a good that makes me think like why do I why am I scared for people to think I'm super conservative I don't know Maybe it's because I, I used to be really conservative. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Last week on, or maybe it wasn't last week, but one several weeks ago on on being, it was a discussion between <clears throat> a man who had been an outspoken white supremacist and uh, did you hear it? No. Another young man who went to school with him, a Jewish man who went to school with him, and immediately he. He liked this person. He liked this white supremacist. And so he started inviting him to Shabbat. So he'd come for dinner once a week. And he told the other people that were going to be at the dinner, you know, don't judge him. Don't try to convert him. They basically were friends. And after several years of friendship, the man is now no longer a white supremacist because they reached a point where they were able to say to him as his friends, I really struggle knowing the person you are mm-hmm. to hear you espouse these beliefs that bring violence against other people. And, right. you know, it, it isn't the person that I see you. The person that I see wouldn't espouse that kind of violence. And, you know, eventually... He did realize that that wasn't who he was. But they didn't talk in sound bites. They were friends for several years. Um, And basically they were willing to be friends even with him, even if he didn't change. That's at Corinthians 13. Patient. Number one, love is patient. There's a lot of really good 
conversations on, on beat. I don't know if you ever listened to it, but she brings together people that talk about things that are going on in our society and maybe have different viewpoints, but, sure, yeah. but they talk. A good friend of mine is a producer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is. I love that show. Yes, it's, it's very meaningful. And, you know, a lot of times she'll have poets and mystics and... It's very meaningful. <laughs> she has one um, priest in, I believe it's in Los Angeles, that she's interviewed several times who set up a business so that he could hire gang members and ex-gang members so that they could get out of the gangs. And, I mean, he loves these, these young men, and they love him. And, you know, he just says there's no one I'd rather be with. You know, understanding the kind of backgrounds that shape someone who needs a gang as a surrogate family. Right. Um, he, he loves them. And um, their lives are changed because of his presence and then the presence of these other young men who have changed, have found hope. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful show. She's written a few books, too. She has. I tend to think, though, that there's probably a lot lost in the books because you're trying to... Right. You've missed the nuances of a conversation. Right. Yeah. And it's really those nuances that move me and touch my heart. Well... Unless anybody else has any more thoughts. Any burning desires? Altar call? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's next week. <laughs> you know, and you don't have to have an altar call and you feel like you have to go up every week because you're such a bad person. Yeah. Like I did in other churches. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I used to do that. Never finding that peace that God accepts me as me. Go oh, the altar call. At a recent uh, sacred collective, we had a a new person there. It's another. It's another group that we have that just meets biweekly, and we just talk about about church and lack of church and just wherever people are at. But he was. He said something real funny that just kind of stuck with me. He said, uh, whenever he would go to church camp, he would always go up for the altar call at the end. And finally, he said, like the most loving youth minister that he had in his in his past. He said to him, uh, the youth minister said, you know, buddy. Uh, you don't have to do this every time. Because <laughs> he kept, like, reconverting. <laughs> like, I had a guilt trip. <laughs> that's a really loving thing to say. Like, you didn't tell him to stop or, you know, be like, why do you feel like you have to do it? He's just like, you know, man, you don't have to keep doing this. <laughs> but when you're so upset and feel so condemned inside, yes. you're just yes. looking for hope and... Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. You feel like it obviously didn't work last time right. because <laughs> I haven't changed. Mm-hmm. Got to renew your membership. Yeah, renew your membership. Start over because it didn't work. A post-Christian production. <laughs> <laughs>